0: From Local 12 Sports, it's the Skinny Podcast. Now, here's Richard Skinner.
1: Welcome into the Skinny Podcast. It's the Bengals Training Camp Edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com Digital Sports columnist and editor, along with Gary Miller. It's presented by Blake, the attorney mazlin.
0: All right, Skinny, Zach Taylor said, you know, he hasn't made up his mind yet on some of these things, but I would think that that game on Saturday will be the most crucial thing for a lot of these position battles.
1: Yeah, and even for practice squad guys, because some guys are fighting for practice squad spots, there's probably no more bigger battle than there is the backup quarterback spot. It's been the one that's been in the highlight uh, the whole camp because of the Joe Burrow injury and it, the importance it might have. They keep saying it's close and I, I'll take them at their word both he and Brian Callahan it felt like Jake Browning took that step forward on on Friday, but then we've seen them both being consistent in practice we've seen them yep. both throw interceptions in practice and they do take the practice reps into account so Saturday's going to be big for both it's not going to be split equal halves because he did want to get Reed Sen some snaps, which is kind of a pat on the head to say thank you for being here in camp so It'll be interesting to see, do they still split it maybe over the first three quarters, or do you see enough of two drives out of the first guy, or do you need to see the first guy longer because he didn't have two good drives? So I think that'll be interesting to see. I think Jake Browning has the edge at the moment. That's just my eyeball test. That might be your eyeball test and some fans' eyeball test as well. But, you know, Trevor Simeon does have some skins on the wall that Jake Browning doesn't have, and if he can really come close to equaling that thing up or keeping it equal, you probably keep the veteran, don't you? I, you know, I think that's what...
0: My observation and what fans would think, you know, throws a better ball, he can scramble a lot better than Simeon, but as Zach said, you know, there's other factors. How does he do his checkdowns? And that could be in practice from three days Correct. ago where he didn't do well now and then now he's got exactly. it. So.
1: There's where Simeon would have the advantage. Yeah, and that, that, that's part of it. You know, we, we see in practice, we're expecting the deep ball down the middle or the tight window throw or that. You know, That checkdown maybe is a play that they didn't make two or three days ago, that they forced into a tight window, and Mike Hilton jumped in front of and intercepted. And that's the one we see. Right. We don't think any of the three-yard checkdown. It's like, yeah, that's easy to do in practice. But it probably was an important play. So I think those are probably some subtle things that we honestly don't take into account that they certainly do.
0: Besides that one, which stands out and is always the center of attention. Well, let me ask you one more question about that. Should there be any concern that we still haven't seen
1: Joe Burrow in a practice? Um, It's been a month. Yeah, I... I I, I'm not at the moment. I, I'd be, I'll be really surprised. I was talking to some guys on the beat today. If we don't see him Wednesday or Thursday throwing some of this coming week, they only have the two practices. It's cut down day Tuesday. They got a Wednesday practice, a Thursday practice. You can imagine there'll be light practices, which would then afford him the opportunity to come out, maybe do some position drill stuff, maybe throw the football around, all those things. Because we saw him do it before the Green Bay game. He is probably, I don't know this for a fact, none of us do, we're assuming it, he's throwing indoors away from, from us. We haven't seen him do that since the Green Bay game. So I think, maybe not for us, but just to show it and, and to prove it that he's he's on the path to being ready to play in the opener, I'll be, I'll, I guess, I, shocked is in the right word. I think what I will be is, is wondering where are we at now with the injury if we don't at least see him some on Wednesday and Thursday, just kind of ramping things up. Then you have the full practices, the regular lead-up to the Cleveland game the following week. I, you know. As Zach said, he only needs to see one rep from the guy. But I think you probably need a little bit more than that just to get ready for that opener. And his
0: teammates do, too, especially the receivers.
1: Uh, Let's stick
0: on that for a second. Because after Washington, there's a big gap until the Cleveland opener. T. Higgins and Joe Burrow still don't have contracts. At what point, September's right around the corner, do we start getting concerned about that? Yeah, Because they... Like for instance, Burrow shares an agent with his good buddies, sure. Nick and Joey Bosa. Nick is still
1: holding out with the Niners. Do we make anything of that? Um, I think we do more for the T situation because this is T's last year of the contract. Joe Burrow, obviously, they, they signed him to the fifth-year uh, option, which takes him through next year yeah, with a I guaranteed play month. under that. No. no, but it's still 29 million guaranteed. So the timeline for him isn't quite as severe as the timeline for T. And As you know, once you get to the regular season, almost every player that I know of. They want to shut down any kind of contract talk. Now, they're not doing it. Their agents are doing it, but usually that's right. not the time that contracts get negotiated. They're negotiated in the off-season window or when we're trying to ramp up for a franchise tag guy um, or a guy who's in, you know, entering free agency like T. Higgins will be after this year, although they could franchise tag him as well, so that's also on the table there, too. They did it with Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates and T. Higgins have the same agent, so they've all gone through that process. But to your point, I think I'd be a little bit more concerned. I know fans are going to be way more concerned about Burrow, and I get that. But the fact that he's under contract for a guaranteed dollar figure for next year, the timeline isn't quite as tight as it is for T. But I think all parties were under the assumption that this thing was going to get done before this regular season started. And you're right. The clock's now down to to two weeks from this Sunday from the regular season beginning. Uh, You know, we've seen some cuts already.
0: Tuesday's cut down day. The Niners made some interesting cuts. How much do you think they're going to be paying attention to, you know, either Simeon or Browning's Going to go on Tuesday. How much are they going to be looking at? Who else is out there?
1: I think a lot. I, I, they made the point, and they, to their credit, of both, both Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan, they did not take that option off the table. of We're not going to look for somebody. They're going to look. They said they'll look for any position that's going to help this team. I think it does have to be the right fit. A guy who's probably played in a similar system, um, whether it be Sean McVay's system, whether it be, you know, Brian Callahan having some knowledge. And there's only a couple quarterbacks out there. Sean Mannion's one of them is, who's got a little bit of time with, with Brian Callahan. Obviously, the one we've all thought about is the Brandon Allen situation. Mm-hmm. But Brandon Allen could slide into quarterback number three if Trey Lance gets dealt because he got demoted to third string. Brandon's fourth string, and it feels like, okay, that's the perfect scenario. Brandon's probably not going to make San Francisco. Well, you know they're going to try to get something for Trey Lance and not let a first round pick waste away as a number three quarterback. So if he gets dealt, that takes Brandon Allen off the table. So um, I, I think it, it. in theory it sounds good, but I, I just don't see that taking place. Now, other positions, absolutely. We saw it last year. They brought in Max Sharping. They brought in Devin Asiasi after cut down date. They brought in right. a guy. I'm forgetting they brought in three guys. Well, let's not forget Max Sharping, we can argue how he played against Kansas City and Chris Jones that night. But end. he was vital. He started two playoff games. was great in the Buffalo game, not so much in the Kansas City game. And he's turned into the backup center. And that's what he is now. He's the backup center, backup guard. So that was a valuable signing. Devin Asiasi, because of injury, ends up being the second end at points uh, last year because of the Mitchell Wilcox situation. And then Drew Sample getting hurt. So those are two guys they literally picked up the day after cut-down day. So they'll be scouring it for sure. And that might be a position they're looking at, too. There's been a lot of tight ends in this camp. None of them other than Irv Smith have really distinguished themselves. I think Mitchell Wilcox did enough last year to probably be that. You know, does Drew Sample, do they let him go? And Because he's not had a great camp and go find a third tight end. So I think they'll be looking, and quarterback will be the interesting one, but it's got to be the right fit, and I just don't know if that guy's out there. Yeah, and as Zach said,
0: you know, Mitch Wilcox has had three years in the system, right. and he's loved the way he's approached things, and he even <laughs> choked us how much he's grown since the day he walked into yeah, camp no to where he is today, even missing most of this training camp. How much do you think salary will play in with some of the veterans on Tuesday?
1: I don't think a lot. It's a good question. I I, I do think that you know all the rookies will make it, and that includes Brad Robbins. I think he's going to win the punter battle with Drew Christmas. So that's that's eight rookie contracts that you have on the books that helps significantly. Um, yeah, I I don't I I because I, I, I'm trying to think if there's anybody in my head that that will come into play with, and I just don't think it comes into play. Well, with let me anybody. think
0: of a veteran like Mike Thomas, who is such a yeah, clubhouse leader and that's so a fair beloved. Point. He's probably on the bubble. Stanley Morgan might be too, yeah, and that's a little bigger salary than we're talking about no, with these first-year that, that's guys. A fair point. It, do you think
1: Mike is on the bubble? So, to those two guys in particular, it's, it's a conversation we've had as well of. You're probably going to tell Darren Simmons, "Hey, I'm going to give you your choice of one of those guys for special teams. They're both valuable special teams player. We see Mike in the in the, in the locker room. He's a valuable locker room guy. The teammates all love him. He's been Especially around with the game so a Yes, correct. Um, and the young safeties, right, right, right. You know, All I mean, those DBs. All those DBs. So I think he's going to get his choice of one. My fear would be Stanley Morgan would probably get plucked if you let him go, or Mike because he is a veteran because he does command a little more salary. Probably won't. You could probably bring Mike to the practice squad, and that that seems to be the scenario. One of those two make it." One of the two doesn't. But Mike Thomas, she can probably bring back Stanley Morgan will probably get plucked by somebody.
0: We could go through the whole roster like this, but you always make me think of an, another guy because we brought him up briefly there. You know, Robin, Brad Robbins has completely outperformed Drew Prisman, uh, who won the job from Huber last year, yep. who had so much, you know, the longest-standing bangle of them all. If Drew, as we suspect, gets cut, do
1: you think there's a possibility somebody picks him up? I, 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 do. I don't think it'll happen immediately. So I think he reverts back to the practice squad. And in a perfect world, you've got a nice backup plan. If for whatever reason that Brad Robbins, you know, has some rookie whatever jitters as it comes along, you know, doesn't hold the way you like him to hold. None of that's been the case in camp. He's been, he's had a couple of shankopotamus punts at times, but he's also boomed it at times. Oh, he's been really good at times. Time great leg, no question. Um, and Drew's actually, I think, since he's come back, I think he's had a good camp. He had, night, he had a nice punt in Atlanta last week, but I think it was always Robbins who drafted the punter. I mean, <laughs> it was always his job to lose, and he hasn't lost it. So in a perfect world, Drew Chrisman comes back to this practice squad and has a great insurance policy if something goes haywire. That's kind of how he got the job in the first place. You know, things just kind of work. Didn't, you know, Kevin Huber, the, the tenure got to a point where he wasn't the guy any longer. Drew Chrisman was on your, on your practice squad, and up he came. So I think that would be the perfect scenario. But, listen, he's got a lot of ta- tape. The average 47 yards a punt gross last year. Again, we can argue the directional and the hang time. And if teams see the few punts that he puts on tape in, this, in, you know, in the preseason, you know, maybe somebody says, hey, this guy's worth taking a flyer on. Uh, either way, I think he's going he's gonna to wind up on a roster. It just may be the practice squad roster for this team.
0: You know, we want to see him get a job because Drew's such a great guy. You know, like I said, I could go through the whole 53 or 90 because skinny knows all. (laughs) God forbid. Something happens to Evan McPherson. What's the
1: plan? Yeah, the plan would be to go get get a He's kicker on the street. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's that. That and that's nobody on the practice. Nobody squad. wants that. Yeah, no. I, you, they did that the one year because of COVID. They wanted to make sure they had a COVID. They had the third co- COVID you quarterback. Gotta take time to get him yeah. in. And... Well, you remember they had the COVID kicker. They had, I think, a COVID punter, and they had the COVID quarterback who didn't right. go <laughs> right. into the quarterback. Right. He, he couldn't was, go into the room. Was, Yeah, so <laughs> they, they did a lot of contingencies for COVID. You know. Um, you would optimally have at least a punter, kicker, long snapper, maybe even two of those guys on the roster. So it is conceivable they go pluck somebody, you know, there, sign them, whatever, um, and end up putting them on the practice squad. But I, yeah, I, I think the the thing is, you're just hoping Evan McPherson, who almost made a bad mistake in the Green Bay game, as you recall, he uh, tried to tackle a guy on a kickoff return, and it's like, dude, it's not, let him go. It's I not a good to the, cut away the coaches. Yeah, on that. I'm going to guarantee you, Especially they were not Yeah, that was one where you're like, hey, dude, it's a preseason game. I appreciate your toughness. We don't need you to. <laughs> me what you we don't nuts? need to do Pat McAfee and, and go tackling people. You just let him run down the sideline. But, yeah, I think the plan would be go out on the street and get somebody.
0: And if, God forbid, it happens in-game, is it Logan Wilson?
1: Yeah, because he's, he's, he's the guy. He, yeah, we, we saw him do it, right? So, yeah, he would be the extra point guy. And Mitchell Wilcox has the value we talked about as a backup long snapper who's getting better at it. So you got to have contingencies.
0: Versatility is the key. We're just getting started. we got until Tuesday to figure all these things out.
1: For Gary Miller, I'm Richard Skinner. It's been the Skinny Podcast, the Bengals' training camp edition, presented by Blake, the attorney mazelin.